0: Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. So next time you're at your local retailer, look for Coast of Maine products. Get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. coastofmaine.com I'm Stephanie Safarian, and this is episode 109. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hello there and welcome back. Today we are discussing all things fabric. We're discussing the eco-friendly ones and the not so eco-friendly ones. We're discussing the ones that are considered to be quality as well as the ones that are certainly not. You have heard me say over and over again on this podcast to invest in quality if you can, right? Invest in quality if it's financially possible for you. Well, what is quality exactly when it comes to our clothing? If you listened to episode 105 with Adam Minter, that was the one where we discussed what happens to goodwill donations, you probably heard Adam say that the employees at donation centers are trained to look for 15 to 20 specific brands of clothing, because historically, those 15 to 20 brands are considered to make high-quality pieces. But what really is considered high-quality and eco-friendly fabrics? That's what we're talking about today. So on today's show, we are doing three things. First, we are defining terms. So make sure you are listening to the defining of terms because knowing the terms are crucial for understanding the rest of the episode. Second, I am diving deep into some of the fabrics that we know and love on the market today. And when I say I'm diving deep, I am diving real deep. So buckle up. And finally, if I lost you on the deep dive, Part three gives you three takeaways that we can all employ as we either declutter our closets or add to our closets when purchasing. My hope for today is that I just slam you with a ton of new information that you can then take and apply in your own life. Enjoy the episode. All right, so part one, first things first, let's define some terms, shall we? To make clothing, you need fabric, of course. And to make fabric, you need thread. And to make thread, you need fibers. So we're gonna talk about the three different types of fibers that are on the market. The first one, of course, is natural fibers. Natural fibers are produced by plants and animals. When natural fibers are in clothing, these pieces of clothing are typically found to be more comfortable because they allow the skin to breathe better, especially in warm weather climates. Examples of natural fibers made from plants are cotton, hemp, linen. And examples of natural fibers made from animals are wool and silk. Easy, right? Natural comes from plants or animals. Synthetic fibers, by contrast, are fibers that are made by humans through chemical synthesis. Synthetic fibers are often derived from petroleum. Synthetic fibers contribute to microplastic pollution when the garment is washed in our washing machines. Synthetic fibers account for more than half of the textile fibers used in the world, 60% to be exact, but that number is growing. And examples of synthetic fibers include Nylon, polyester, spandex. Now, the third type of fiber we are discussing today is semi synthetic fibers. What on earth is a semi synthetic fiber? <laughs> well, it is a fiber that is derived from plants, like trees, for example. But because they are made from hard plants, they require lots and lots of chemicals to transform these hard, scratchy plant fibers into something soft and wearable. It's a very toxic process to take a tree and make a soft fiber out of it. It's bad for the workers, and when those chemicals are then dumped into waterways around the factories, it's really bad for the planet. Another way of thinking about a semi-synthetic fiber is to think of it as essentially a man-made plant fiber. Examples of semi-synthetic fibers are rayon viscose, modal, and tensile. We're going to talk about all those in a bit. So let's move right along and talk about the most well-known synthetic fiber, which is, of course, polyester. Polyester is everywhere, right? And it's easy to miss nowadays unless you are rigorously checking your garment labels. It's in everything. It's even in places where it doesn't need to be, like t-shirts, for example, right? Right? polyester has come such a long way since the 70s and those scratchy, tough bell-bottoms. It is smooth. It is silky. It mimics the qualities of cotton. So it's in things where you wouldn't even think to look. Now, why do we love polyester so much? What's so great about it? Well, polyester is (laughs) wrinkle-free. We as consumers just love our convenience, right? Even at the expense of the planet. So, wrinkle free, we're all about it. Polyester dries quickly, which is excellent. And polyester, of course, is cheap, as in it's inexpensive. And we as consumers, what is one thing we love more than convenience is we love stuff that's inexpensive. So, polyester, inexpensive. Now, what are the drawbacks? Okay, well, where should I begin? (laughs) Polyester is melted plastic that is squeezed through a spinneret to create long and continuous filaments. When we wash our polyester clothing in our washing machines, these filaments break down, enter our waterways, and contribute to microplastic pollution. Up to 1,900 fibers can be washed off one garment, just one, every time it's washed. That's crazy, right? Side note here is that I am doing an entire episode on microplastics in the next few weeks. We're talking about why they're concerning. So if you have no idea what a microplastic is or why you should be worried about them, stay tuned for that episode. Now, one final concern about polyester is that it is petroleum-based, which means that these synthetics are made from a non-renewable resource that also happens to be highly carbon-intensive. More than 70 billion barrels of oil are used to make polyester each and every year. This obviously means that polyester is not biodegradable and it will persist in the ecosystem even after it breaks apart. We're seeing this in the form of microplastic pollution in our oceans and even microplastic pollution in our rain. Yes. Finally, while high-quality polyester can last for a really long time and look good for a really long time, the vast majority of polyester that's on the market right now is poor quality. Most polyester clothing on the market comes in the form of cheap, fast fashion, which will only last for a few wears before it breaks down and we either donate it or throw it in the trash bin. All right, so that's a synthetic fiber. Let's now talk about some of the natural fibers. The first one, of course, we'll start easy, is cotton. Cotton is king, right? Well, it's really not king anymore in the 21st century. Polyester is. But anyway, cotton is king. Why do we love cotton? It is absorbent. It is hypoallergenic. And it's really, really soft, right? But cotton, whether it's organic cotton or conventional cotton or Egyptian cotton or Supima cotton, cotton is considered to be extremely environmentally demanding because it requires a lot of water to grow and it quickly depletes soil. So I just alluded to this, but not all cotton is created equal, right? It's important to distinguish between organic cotton and conventional cotton, and it goes without saying that conventional cotton is non-organic and requires lots of pesticides and insecticides to grow, which is terrible for our soil and our water and our planet. And organic cotton, of course, like all organic products, is harvested without the use of GMOs and pesticides and chemicals that harm the planet. But even organic cotton is a water-intensive crop. Now, because cotton accounts for 30% of textile fibers used in the world, I wanted to just really quickly distinguish for all of you listeners between Egyptian cotton and Supima cotton and Pima cotton. What is the difference between all these different types of cotton? Well, the truth of the matter is that all these terms are just adjectives that marketing teams used to get you excited about their superior cotton and hand over your money. (laughs) These labels don't have anything to do with eco-friendliness. Egyptian cotton could be organic, it might not be. Supima cotton might be organic, it might not be. At the end of the day, all these adjectives are just selling features, right? Egyptian cotton, if we want to get technical about it, is hand-picked, so it puts less stress on the fibers, which leads to longer fibers, which they say creates stronger and softer cotton. But here's here's the interesting thing. The Cotton Egypt Association, which is the association that certifies suppliers, estimates that 90% of products on the market that are labeled Egyptian cotton are actually just normal cotton. They're fakes. When it comes to Supima cotton, Supima cotton is, quote, superior, and I'm doing air quotes over here, because it has extra long fibers that makes it even stronger, even softer than Egyptian cotton, and it retains its color. But again, the bottom line here is that cotton is cotton. Another natural fiber that we know and love, or should know and should love, is linen. Linen is made from flax fibers or flaxseed. Linen absorbs and releases water quickly. Linen continues to feel cool and dry, even in humid weather. It's also lint-free, and it becomes softer the more times you wash it. It's a very durable and strong fabric, too, so clothes made of linen will last a really, really long time. My favorite characteristic about linen is that it doesn't pill over time. I hate pillage, just the bane of my existence, pilling, but linen doesn't pill. Now, the drawback to linen, though, is that it has low elasticity. It doesn't stretch. So it's often used in looser fitting styles, and it also wrinkles pretty easily, too, so that can be annoying, especially if convenience is a factor. A third natural fiber I wanted to bring to your attention today is hemp, Hemp can be grown so quickly without chemicals, with very little water, and it can be cultivated cheaply and organically. It is hypoallergenic and non-irritating. It ages well, so the more you wear it, the softer it becomes, but it can be hard and scratchy at first. So be on the lookout for hemp products if you've never invested in any before. Now we are going to move on to bamboo and eucalyptus, and this is where things get a little dicey. Bamboo is the fastest growing plant in the world. When you cultivate bamboo, it requires no chemical fertilizers or pesticides. Bamboo requires four times less water than cotton. Amazing, right? Well, you're probably not going to see bamboo written on a shirt label, right? But you will see the terms viscose or rayon. Viscose and rayon are semi-synthetic fabrics that, while, okay, they're not made from petroleum, they're not synthetic fabrics, they do require tons of chemicals to transform into a soft and fuzzy fabric. And that makes sense, right? If you've ever seen bamboo growing outside, it's a hard plant. It's very... It's very (laughs) cellulose-y, for lack of a better word, right? What makes that hard plant soft? Chemicals. Bamboo is commonly seen on the market in clothing as a viscose or rayon. Viscose and rayon are semi-synthetic fabrics. Another natural fiber that is then used to create a semi-synthetic is eucalyptus. Eucalyptus is extremely soft and it is wonderful for those of us who have sensitive skin. It does not require a lot of water. And it grows without chemicals, no insecticides, no pesticides. The best part for those of us who love convenience is that eucalyptus garments are wrinkle-free. Now, again, you will not see eucalyptus written on a garment label. But you will see one of the following words. You'll see tensile or liacil or modal. All of those words, tensile, lyocell, or modal are semi-synthetic fibers. Now, here's where it gets a little bit dicey, right? Semi-synthetics made from eucalyptus do not necessarily require a ton of chemicals, but they do contribute to deforestation. So let's get real technical about this. Tensile is produced using a different chemical that is safer and isn't discharged into waterways. Okay, so good, but eucalyptus, when it's grown, grows on arid land, which makes it impossible to plant other crops. My takeaway here is that tensil or lyocell or modal are better semi synthetic alternatives than the viscose and the rayon that we just discussed when we outlined bamboo. However, tensile and lyocell and modal are not as eco-friendly as the true natural fibers of linen and hemp. All right, are you still with me? (laughs) Really quick, let's just discuss two natural fibers that are derived from animals, wool and silk. Wool, obviously, is a natural fiber. There's no plastic involved. Unless, of course, you're getting a wool sweater mixed with some polyester, then it's not so natural anymore. It's important to check those labels. But 100% wool is a natural fiber. There's a drawback, which is, of course, as with other forms of animal agriculture, when you raise sheep for wool, you are also clearing land and you're cutting down trees to make room for all those sheep to graze. Now, cutting down trees and clearing land leads to erosion and decreases biodiversity. So some things to keep in mind. Finally, silk, right? Silk is a natural fiber spun from the long threads that make up the inner cocoon of a silkworm. These fibers are, fun fact, saliva actually, and they are produced so that the worm can insulate itself until it's able to transform. Now, the drawback to silk, of course, is it's not a suitable fabric for vegans or people concerned with animal rights because, of course, silkworms are killed in the silk-making process. All right, so if I lost you, (laughs) I have three takeaways that you and I can use as we navigate the textile industry. Takeaway number one is this. On a label, you won't see the word plastic, but you will see the following terms. Polyester, nylon, acrylic, vinyl, polyurethane, elastane, spandex, and lycra. All those words mean one thing. It means plastic. Okay, I'm going to just say them again (laughs) because I went fast. Polyester, nylon, acrylic, vinyl, polyurethane, elastane, spandex, and lycra, all those words mean plastic. Takeaway number two, if a garment boasts stretchiness, shininess, waterproof, lightweight, or wrinkle-free, there's probably some synthetics in there. So again, Stretchiness, shininess, waterproof, lightweight, or wrinkle-free, probably some plastic synthetics in that garment. And finally, takeaway number three is if you are choosing to buy a semi-synthetic fiber, know that all semi-synthetic fibers are not created equal, opt for that tensile made from eucalyptus over that rayon or viscose made from bamboo. All right. So I hope you enjoyed all that information. I hope you learned something new. If it went so fast, please check out this week's show notes. Everything we discussed today is written there. You can find them at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 109. And really quick shout out to listener Beth LaBelle. Beth wrote to me and asked me to cover today's topic. So, Shout out to you. Thank you, Beth. I'm sorry it took me a couple months to uh, get this done. But if you have an episode suggestion for me, reach out to me on social media. I will do my best to accommodate. Now on next week's show, we are discussing the five places you forgot to declutter. (laughs) I will see you then. Have an amazing week. Take care.